In this episode, we'll continue our look into Rails 3 and specifically routes because we have a new API that we're going to use to define our routes and we have a few new features as well. So let's dive in. Uh, to do this, I'm just going to create a new Rails application from scratch, a new Rails 3 app. Let's call it Detour and then open it up in TextMate. Now let's check out our config routes file because that's what we want to deal with here. And there's a lot of nice documentation already inside of here for showing you how to handle the new API. But what I want to show you is just kind of a look at the old way of doing things and then the new way. So here I'm just going to paste in uh, an example of some old routes that what I'm going to do is show you the new way to do some of these. All right, let's start with the first one here where we have map.resources products and we have a specific additional member action called detailed, which is using over a git request. And then so the way we could do this inside of uh, the new API is for one thing, we never deal with the map object anymore. We don't call methods through this. Instead, what we just do is call resources directly inside of our routes.draw block here. And what we can do is just pass in products here. Now for member and collection actions inside of your resources, what you do is pass them inside of a block. And so for this member action here, you can pass in, let's say, get detailed and then say on member and that will add a new additional route action called detailed and it will just act on a specific product instead of a collection of products. Now let's take a look at this next route here where we have map.resources forums and we have a couple additional collection actions and a nested resource of topics. So how do we handle this in the new API? Well, let's take a look. Let's just redo this here. We do resources, not map.resources, forums. And then again, we pass in a block. Now, because we have a couple collection uh, actions here, what we can do is we can do the same way as up here where we pass in this on argument, but we can also just use a collection block. Members act the same way. You can use a member block. And that way, any additional routes defined inside of here will act on the collection of all of the forums. So here we can define as a get request, a sortable action. And then as I put request, a sort action, and that will do the same thing as this up here. And then for the nested resources, you just call resources, topics, and then that will nest the topics resources inside forums. So this is what you would do to duplicate this behavior. So let's try this next one where we are defining our root URL to point to a specific controller action. So here, what we can just do is call root and then use the to argument and then you can pass in a string, both the controller and action at the same time in a single string. So this is kind of a new cool way to uh, route to specific controller actions here. So you can say home and then index, and that way it'll route the root URL to the home index controller action. And you can do something very similar here where you call map.about. So here we have a named route pointing to the about URL and then we define our controller action. So to do this in the new API, what we do is just call uh, match, and that will basically set up a generic route. Uh, let's point it to about, and then just pass in this hash argument. So we point it to the info about controller action. And then to make this a named route, because notice we have this is a named route where it's not a generic one, so we can use like about URL or about path to, to generate this URL. 
what we can do here is say as about, and that will generate a named route for this called about. So I went through that kind of quickly, but it's really not too hard to translate the old routing API to the new one. What I'm really excited to talk about here is some of the new features that's available in Rails 3 routing. Now I don't have time to go into a lot of detail into these, I'll cover that in future episodes, but I'll kind of give you an overview of some of the cool things you can do. So first let me show you how to define optional parameters. Now this was kind of supported in previous versions of Rails, but it was always a little clumsy. So here, uh, let me just show you how it works in Rails 3. To demonstrate this, it'd be nice if we had a controller in action to work on. So let me just use the generator to generate a controller. By the way, Rails G, you can, it's a shortcut for Rails generate command. So we can generate a controller called info and we have an about action in there. Okay, so that generated our controller and we could just start up our server with Rails S. Again, this is a shortcut for Rails server. So we have our little Rails 3 application running. If we go to the about URL here, that'll go to the info about controller action because that's how we have it routed. So this is the default generated view for that. And let's say we wanted to provide a PDF format for this. So maybe about.pdf and then that takes us to routing error because it doesn't know how to match that route. So back inside of our routes file, we can change this about route to accept a format parameter at the end here after a period. And when we reload here, now we just get a missing template error because it doesn't know how to render a PDF format of this about action, but we aren't getting that undefined route action error exception anymore. However, this format parameter that we added up here is not optional. You must include it in the route. So if we try to go just to the about page again, notice we get a routing error because that format must be included. So to make a section of a route optional, all you have to do is put it inside parentheses and then suddenly it'll become optional. So now we can reload the page here. We get the normal about uh, view file, about.pdf, that works too. So now this format argument is completely optional. So this is a pretty common scenario for dealing with optional parameters using the format parameter. But what is another way we can use optional parameters? Well, let's imagine that we have a list of blog articles that we want to filter through using dates. So maybe we want, we want to accept a year and uh, month and day path where they can specify either the year and optionally specify the month and day as well to filter uh, blog posts. So to do this, we would just nest these within parentheses and you can deeply nest parentheses. So you could do it like this, where the month and day are optional parameters. And let's just pass into this to our info um, about controller action so we can get an idea of how this works. And also inside of our about view file, I'm just going to add a little bit of debug output so that we can see um, what our params hash is containing so we can see what parameters are being passed in. So here now inside of our URL, we can specify a year and then the year parameter will be passed into our about action, we can specify a month and a day, and that will work as well. However, this route is very generic. If we just type in foobar here, that will match this as well. And we don't really want that. We just want it to match what looks like a date. So we can do this with what's called constraints. So you can just pass in a constraints option here and then just a hash of the different values and what the requirements are. So this was possible with previous versions of Rails as well, but uh, here it's just called constraints and before it was called requirements. 
Um, so we can just say we want our year to be a decimal of four digits and um, our month to be also a decimal of, let's say, two. And then we want our day to be similar. There we go. So if we try hitting reload again with our foobar URL, that will not work because it doesn't match the date constraints. But if we go back to our old date URL, hit reload here, and that works because it does. As I mentioned, this was pretty much all possible already through Rails 2 using the requirements option. But the constraints option in Rails 3 is actually much more powerful because you can add constraints on pretty much anything in the request. Let me show you. So let's say we have a new route here called secret. And we have some constraints on here. And let me use some parameters that are specific to the request, such as uh, the user agent. We can use the user agent here and make sure, let's say, that it's a Firefox user agent that it matches. So while I'm in Safari, if I try to go to the secret URL, I'll get a routing error. It doesn't look, look like it exists. But if I change my user agent string, uh, here it's a little off camera, but I'm just going to do this through the develop uh, menu in Safari that you can enable in the preferences. So I'll just change it to Firefox. And then it reloads the page automatically here. And notice that uh, the about page works with the secret URL because our user agent string matches Firefox. We could try adding a constraint for something a little more useful, such as for the host. Uh, let's just make sure it matches localhost. So if we reload here, it works still because we're on localhost. But if we got to go to 127.0.0.1, then we'll get a routing error, even though it really points to the same thing, just because we're checking the host parameter of our request. So you could use this to handle constraints through maybe subdomains, such as if you had an admin subdomain. Um, now currently it's a little clunky with the host option, and in the near in the near future you're going to be able to supply a subdomain uh, parameter here for constraints, but it's not quite working yet. So expect another episode in the future on handling subdomains in Rails 3 when this functionality uh, gets fully implemented. Now there's also a lot more you could do with constraints, such as supplying a custom proc or uh, other object to this, which you can add really complex logic inside of there for dealing with constraints on a request object. But I'm not going to get into that in this episode. Maybe I'll save that for another time. Now, if you have a given constraint that you want to apply to a number of different routes, uh, then it's a lot of duplication to always supply the same constraints hash. So another way to do this is actually move this into a method call. There's a constraints method, which you can just supply that hash as an argument to and then just place this inside of a block. And that way, every single route defined in here will automatically have that constraint applied to it. And we can switch to one that works, such as host matches localhost. And then that will only, that will require it to be localhost for every route inside of here. Now, I've really only scratched the surface here. There is a lot more to Rails 3 routes, which I haven't had time to cover here, such as the scope method. But I'll save that for future episodes. And um, hopefully this just gives you enough to uh, work off of for creating new routes in Rails 3. But there is one more thing that I really can't help but show you here because it really is awesome. And that is how Rails 3 routes really embrace Rack. So let's just create a new route here. I'll call it hello. Now normally what you pass in here is the controller name and action, but you can also pass in any Rack application, which is really powerful. Uh, for demonstration purposes, let me just create a simple Rack application here. So we'll just define a proc block. 
And then in here we can just pass in the return values for our Rack app. Now if you aren't familiar with Rack, check out episode 151 where I go into more detail here. But let's just return status code 200. That's the headers. I'll just leave it blank for now and say hello Rack. So now if we point our browser to slash hello, then we get hello Rack. So our Rack application is working. That's what's generating the response. It's not really a Rails controller returning this response. So this opens up a lot of power and flexibility in how you define routes and route them to various applications. It's really easy now to route this to a Sinatra app, for example. So I hope you're as excited as I am about the new possibilities that this opens up for creating new applications and routing them to various places inside of a single uh, route config. And so this just gives you a general overview of Rails 3 routes, and I hope to dive into more detail in certain topics of them in the future. Now, as far as documentation goes, to get more information about this new route setup in Rails 3, uh, I recommend you check out a few of the blog posts by Yehuda, which I'll link to in the show notes. And also there's the official Rails guide for routing. You can check out the Edge version of it, which is still being developed. It's fairly early on in its translation to Rails 3. So there's still a lot of old information about the older routes in here. But a lot of the code snippets, for example, have been updated to work with Rails 3. So give that a look.